friends! On this episode, we wrap up our December holiday movie coverage with The Princess Witch 3, Romancing the Star. We debate the question we must all wrestle with in our lives. Who is the best Vanessa Hudgens? We also recap our princess tea party. Spoilers ahead! Hi, Meg. Hey, Liz. We are here at the last of our holiday movie recaps. Can't believe we made it this far. We saved the most. We made it. (laughs) We saved the most chaotic for last. We truly did. And in honor of this movie review of The Princess Switch 3, I'm having a little bit of the leftover Prosecco from the princess party we had this weekend. So as an attendee to the princess party, please give me your review, your feedback on the event. It was excellent. Amazing. What, what does Gaga say? Like, amazing, beautiful. <laughs> Never the same. Yeah, yeah. It really elevated my mood for like cumulatively, like at least oh, probably more than a week, maybe two <laughs> weeks of the, the planning and the shopping and yeah. the getting ready for the party and the party itself. Like that was a mood stabilizer mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> I was very impressed by the spread of food that we all came together with. Yes. Uh, my husband made adorable, precise tea sandwiches. And they were so good. Like I've had many a flavorless cucumber cream cheese tea sandwich mm-hmm. surprisingly I have they are there was a baby showers for whatever reason but this one actually had like seasoning and so I ate like five <laughs> my man knows to season his food yes yes he does and yeah you did the three-tier charcuterie mm-hmm. um we had pink prosecco we had cream puffs so we Macarons. enjoyed our spread and did us some photo ops against the beautiful backdrop that you made and we played white elephant and then we got down to business of watching princess switch three the switching <laughs> and the switching was not the movie that i've been the most attentive of a viewer of mm-hmm. in recent mm-hmm. memory you know the setup is this is the third in the trilogy This represents the fourth Vanessa Hudgens in the Uh Netflix Christmas cinematic universe. And we have, we were surprised by some of the tropes that we thought were going to show up that didn't. Yes, we were prepared with a drinking game that was custom created by our horror correspondent. Mm -hmm. And we expected like a, a pregnancy announcement um what what else that was like the big one that I was shocked Mm -hmm. didn't happen yeah um but yeah I was like a little bit drunk watching the movie and a lot of it not paying attention but I think I was paying attention the most out of everybody Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um we open on the palace in Montanaro they're getting they're gearing up for yet another Christmas um, and our two couples that were covered in the first two movies are there, which is Prince Milk Toast, um, Stacy Hudgens, Margaret Hudgens, <laughs> and Kevin, the hot best friend. Yes. Extremely hot. Who is married to Margaret. 
frankly yeah who's married to margaret so king kevin king kevin (laughs) probably um um, queen consort kevin Well, yeah he's not gonna like usurp her shit queen consort (laughs) kevin of chicago chicago right So they're all blissfully happy in Fiona after her horrendous chloroformed kidnapping attempt um, from movie two is we see her in a, not a nunnery, what's it called? A convent. Uh And she's, she's mopping the floors, but she's still in her like full fashion regalia. So in this first, in this first outfit, she was wearing a black sequin turban, mm. like a monochromatic sort of off-white jumpsuit outfit. type thing. Yes. Uh, lots of proportion play in her outfit. Waist, sh- cinched. Mm-hmm. Snatched to the gods. <laughs> All of her looks were amazing, frankly. So Except for the wig. That was unconscionable. It was an unacceptable wig. So please, um, why was she at the convent? Because they, out of the spirit of familial love, negotiated her to not do jail time, but to have oodles and oodles of community service. So she's working off many of her hours. I think they mentioned she's got something like 1,400 hours left or something like that, a ridiculous Mm -hmm. amount. Um. I also consider it a commentary on the American prison industrial complex and the fact that other nations are not as carceral as we are. Yes, that was discussed. Um, then a, a, we got a little, a little religious flavor in this one, a little Catholic flavor, because we had a bishop of some kind come to drop off this relic and again I didn't listen to like any of the audio of the movie like this it was to celebrate something yeah it's like a religious relic star and for some reason it's a really fucking big deal and they're gonna put it on top of the tree but it arrives in this like glass case and they lock it up in this like vault behind bars in the glass and then lo and behold, all of the, the guards get drugged and the relic is stolen and the police have no leads. So our quadruple of royalty lovers, they're like, oh, well, clearly it's for, for reasons, it's down to us to solve this crime. Not so the authorities, gonna, not right. the Vatican, which brought its own security team with yeah, that the is relic. Sec- that a sec mm-hmm. yeah so they're like okay we're gonna it catch sounds a criminal like, it sounds like a yeast infection medication <laughs> yeah it's it did make me uncomfy when I read it that's why I said it out loud um so they're like if we're gonna catch a criminal we need to find someone who thinks like a criminal but not us though even though we like hoodwinked an entire nation and like tried to bamboozle a coronation and got our cousin out of jail um i know we'll get our our cousin the fiona uh hudgens number three of the trio and we'll ask her like to look into it with her black market contacts she'll be able to figure it out so they make a deal with the nun the the mother superior to jailbreak her out of the convent and say well she'll be back for her I don't remember what exactly they call it, like disciplinary committee or basically parole hearing or whatever on the 26th, she'll be back just in time. And I was like, well, okay, I'll let it slide just this once. 
and they're like, Whew. so they call Fiona in. She starts to put her little noggin on the situation. She gets her BFFs from the last movie out of prison to help her out, even though they're virtually useless. And she realizes that the only person that would be able to help her figure this out is her ex-lover, whose name I believe is Peter. Peter, Peter Pumpkin Eater. And he's incredibly Peter, Peter, Fiona Eater. Yeah, indeed. He's got it bad for her. And it's, frankly, this is me editorializing a little bit. It is very hard for me to watch the scenes of them together because he's like acting He's actually acting like Mm -hmm. he's acting in a movie. A thespian. Yeah, he's a thespian and she is a drag version of herself. (laughs) She's like Samantha Jones in drag, like over, over, over the top. Mm -hmm. Um, So with their little noggins together and he's got this like private security company, but it's clear that he's still like a little hung up on her and whatever. They realize that the only person that could have stolen this is another ex-lover of hers who's a total douche. And he has to have it on his property somewhere. How are they gonna get onto his property? I know, we'll get you invited to his Christmas soiree when he will be distracted and then we will break in and steal it. And to do that, we have to stage a run-in with him. Mm-hmm. And to stage a run-in with him, we need to steal, question mark, a dog? Yeah, yeah. For, again, reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why this international criminal couldn't just crash the party? Yeah. I, I do not know. So... They, through the the dog park, like, reunion, uh, she does score an invite, and they are preparing to do their Mission Impossible-style break-in, including, like, a maze of lasers that they have to get through, and it's really a two-person job. Her henchmen are too bumbling to be able to help, and Hot Peter is like, he can do it, but he can't do it by himself. And of course, the only person who can then help is Fiona Hudgens because she's got sexy, like, uh, Pilates uh, acrobatics moves that Mm -hmm. she can, like, really just get through all these lasers and they end up, like, really close between some lasers and the tension is palpable. And so they're like, okay, well, you're going to be the have to be the two who go in and steal this, but that's a problem because we also need you to be at the party. Mm-hmm. So now we need another double cross. So we get Margaret Hudgens, the studiest and most Queen Elizabeth Elizabethan of them, to go through some drag training and be able to impersonate Fiona at the party. But do remember that Margaret, despite being prim and proper, was also the more adventurous and most reluctant one to settle down in a relationship in the first movie so it does seem like the royal responsibilities have made her more subdued and i interpreted this as her getting back in touch with her fun side i like that interpretation yes so she learns how to tango she learns how to say "Mm, and all kinds of things so um they're pulling their their heist off and 
she's trying to keep Fiona's ex distracted. She ends up kissing him, which I wonder if Kevin feels some type of way about, but that doesn't really come up. Um, when the nun Mother Superior calls back at the castle, the palace of Montanaro, Stacy answers because, you know, and she's like, we really need Fiona back here now. They moved up her parole hearing to an hour from now. Hurry. And they're like, oh no. So now it's going to be a triple cross. So Stacy puts on the same outfit, same Luke from the very beginning when she's mopping the floor with the, the turban that you so loved. And she goes and impersonates Fiona at the hearing and her husband, Prince Milktoast, goes and vouches for her. And he's very nervous about the whole thing, but it goes off without a hitch. And they actually get her out of the remaining hours of her community service because they are so convincing. Um, okay, let's see. Now I was getting a little bit drunker, so I it's going to get a little fuzzier. No problem. Real quick, <clears throat> Stacy <throat> is still rightfully sore about the whole being kidnapped in chloroform thing uh yeah. a traumatic event that is played for laughs correct yes and i like that she was still kind of grappling with it though i'm like okay good i'm glad that's she like, like i'm fine yes she did not want to involve fiona in any of this nonsense so i not the biggest fan of the fact that she got her assailant off basically mm-hmm. yeah by posing as her and helping her get out of the community service that was really the least that she could do the real kicker was that she was actually even ambivalent she's like you can actually add on to my time like during this hearing and prince milk toast was like no no like i think she's all good i don't know why he was so I don't know, defensive of Fiona when, like, she kidnapped his wife. I know why. Why? Because he wants to hit that? Well, I don't think he wants to hit that. I don't think he would hit that. But I think that if he could, he would hit that. Mm -hmm. So he is looking at her through the goggles of, look, she's she's redeemed herself. Look how hot she is. (laughs) Look how hot she is. She said meow to me. (laughs) That clearly shows repentance. (laughs) And it was like an incredibly cringy response meow that he Mm -hmm. did back to her. Meow to you as well. well. Um, Things start to go a little bit awry at the, as the heist is wrapping up, the alarms are going off. The team is fracturing as her henchmen are running to escape incarceration again. So Peter helps Fiona escape, leaving himself behind to presumably catch all the flack for it. But he also somehow mysteriously escapes. And then they're like very worried about him not not making it out. They all regroup back at the Montanaro Palace where Fiona discovers that he gave her a phony bag that did not have the relic in it after all. And she's like, that think. And there's a card that says, I think there's a card, or maybe he sends her a text that's like, meet me back at the boarding school slash orphanage where we grew up together. Mm -hmm. And she's like, hmm, okay. 
So she does. Everyone's freaking out. They're like, oh, we're going to have to come clean about how the relic has been stolen. And she fucks off to the orphanage boarding school where they meet up and he's like, going to give her back the relic and lay his heart out for her to see. And she really like slaps it down, basically. What? I thought that in this scene, he was telling her, I'm done with you. And also I brought you here under false pretenses. No, he was like giving her one final chance. She slaps him down and he's like, all right, I'm fucking done. But I am going to leave you this one act of goodwill left and go into the cafeteria or wherever the fuck the refectory. And it's her estranged mother there who abandoned her as a child. And for reasons... She is meant to forgive her. So she does. And through the Grinch-like growing of her heart, she realizes she also still has hot pants and hot heart for Peter. So they, I'm pretty sure, end up together. (laughs) Yes, there's a kiss. (laughs) There's a kiss. And the relic is returned. And the Christmas Day shenanigans go off without a hitch. And everyone's happy and no one makes a pregnancy announcement. Yes. The end. The end. And hopefully the last of it. Yeah. I just, during the credits, they showed a few clips, like behind the scenes style clips of the the crew Mm -hmm. um, during the filming. And they're all like fully masked up. And the thought that like people were risking their health and lives to produce this movie made me deeply upset because it was hot garbage. <sighs> All right. So that would be grievance number one. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like how you- much money went into making this movie that could have, I don't know, fed people who are hungry in our country, <laughs> gotten different types of medical care for people. Like this is just troubling. Here's the thing that they could have done that would have been less risky Um, Mm -hmm. because we can't, I mean, we can, we can hold it against capitalism, but we can't hold it against the Princess Witch 3 for going forward with filming because lots of things are going forward with filming. And it sounds like, and I don't work on a film set. I know that recently there was um, the IATSE strike and that there are some working conditions that need to be addressed that it it goes beyond just COVID. It's a long running issue of working conditions on film sets. But as far as COVID, it sounds like sets are really taking it seriously and taking precautions and limiting things like kissing scenes and um, testing regularly and requiring vaccinations, which is why Letitia Wright's participation in the Black Panther franchise moving forward is in question. In question. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know that I can hold it against them that much, but they could have done like a okay, we are having Christmas this year via Zoom because of the pandemic, because we need to set an example as royals of doing the right thing because these movies love to do a laptop FaceTime so much. So not like, so like, why not lean into it? And they could do like three different storylines with the different. I don't know that the pandemic exists in the Netflix Christmas cinematic universe. But it could. It could. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's just an idea that probably wouldn't work, but I... Or they could tie in, like, all of the other, like, one-off Christmas rom-coms that really, like, tie in a philanthropic cause so that, like, not only... It's not just, like, a self-indulgent, mm-hmm. shitty Christmas rom-com. It, like, also supports Operation Christmas Drop mm-hmm. or... Um, this like elephant reserve in Africa. Like they could do something like that to mm-hmm. make it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Serving. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So who's your favorite of, Vanessa Hutchins? Who's my favorite? Yeah. Fiona. Of the four of, oh. the, of all four. I think still Fiona. <laughs> yeah, I think still Fiona because the Vanessa Hudgens from A Night Before Christmas was fine. But it's basically like another Stacy though. Yeah, exactly. She's yeah. another Stacy. Um and she also has questionable judgment by bringing in this man questionably concussed. <laughs> questionably concussed having some kind of episode man who she hit with her car like it she really should have just like had someone more qualified sure uh care for him Mm -hmm. uh yeah but anyway fiona is my favorite she is the most interesting one she has the best outfits uh she's the least milk toast one Stacy's yes. personality took like a real dive in this one. Yeah. Like, was why was really, she even there? Yeah, nothing. She was giving nothing. <laughs> her and her milk toast husband. Yeah, they were giving nothing. Kevin looked great. Um, is Fiona also your favorite? Yeah, yeah. And I'm really torn on which one of the male leads that I find. I mean, obviously... Prince Maltose is a no, no go for me, but like Queen Consort Kevin and former criminal Peter are both incredibly good looking. For me, it's Queen Consort Kevin and his tight sweaters that show off his rippling biceps and his <laughs> meticulously groomed beard and his it was. It was groomed soft, curly right? hair. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I have to go with Peter because I actually thought that that guy was acting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. And I did recognize him from Crazy Rich Asians in which he plays their cousin, uh, Alistair, I believe. He's the one who was dating Kitty Lee Pong. Yes, 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 yes. So, so um, yeah, he's my favorite. So I have a grievance to share. And I said okay, this during do. the movie. Why was Fiona's mother not played by Vanessa Hudgens in older woman makeup? We were really hoping. They did not show her in the flashback front on. We just saw her hands Mm -hmm. and heard her voice. And then she had her back to the camera when Fiona walked into the cafeteria and then turned around. And that would have been the perfect moment to show the fourth Vanessa (laughs) Hudgens in this franchise. It would have just, it would have made it all worth it to me. Yeah, that would be the Christmas gift that we would. Yeah, like a deep fake aged mm-hmm. but I have to say I did like the scenes with them together after they had reconciled like they're both wearing these ostentatious fur coats mm-hmm. and like prowling for fine men mm-hmm. so, <laughs> I really like that actually um 
There's so implied here, domestic abuse. Of Fiona's dad on Fiona? Of he she describes her mother describes Fiona's father as an excessively cruel man that she was trying to get them away from. Mm. Yeah. So that's kind of heavy. Yeah, very. I don't really have a ton to say about this. So I propose um, a song that pairs with each Vanessa Hudgens. So immediately for Fiona, the one that comes up is whichever song it was in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where she says, every girl kind of hates their mom. (laughs) I have to look up the title. But it's also during a time when Rachel Bloom's character, Rebecca, is having an emotional crisis, is currently staying with her mom. Her mom is being kind to her for the first time that she can remember. And Mm -hmm. then she finds out that her mother has been secretly dosing her with antidepressants. And uh, just like well-intentioned, but completely fucked up, that dismissal of her body autonomy so and that horrible. ends up pushing her over the edge because she feels like she's questioning her mom even being so nice to her like it was just to like right. get her guard down so that she could drug her oh that is horrific um but i also i don't know is that is it fucked up of me that i kind of feel for the mother because she was so desperate to keep her child alive that she did that. I, I guess I don't remember if Rebecca was like outright refusing any kind of treatment and she took that into her own hands, which antidepressants are no joke. Like you've got to monitor symptoms carefully, side effects carefully. So not knowing that you're on right. them could cause a lot of problems. And really, how did she, how was she procuring them? Like, are um, they prescribed for Rebecca? I am uncertain they might have been she might have gotten the prescription for herself the song is called maybe she's not such a heinous bitch after all (laughs) well i mean the big thing is like that her mom has never been kind to her before and Mm -hmm. now it's aligning with this drugging situation looks pretty fucking bad yeah okay that's a good one for fiona um I don't know why this came into my head for her, but this A Star is Born soundtrack, there is a song, it's one of the like two bad songs, like quote unquote bad songs, bad pop songs that Gaga performs during mm-hmm. it, one being Hair, Body, Face. Okay. Um, the other one is, oh God, what is it called? Why Did You Do That? And it's like, why'd you come around me with an ass like that? <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her yeah. face would also be good, I think, for her. So I don't know. It's a toss-up between those two songs for me, which, again, like, they tried to intentionally write bad pop songs, and they made two songs that I think are just bangers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so who's next? Do we want Margaret, to do... Stacey? Let's do Margaret. Do you have one that comes to mind for her? Let's see. I feel like the music that we had during the princess party is pretty appropriate for her mm. as far as like you and I are both big fans of vitamin string quartet. Yes, we are. It's like orchestral versions of pop songs and that kind of 
tracks for me with Margaret because she has this sort of, she's the queen, she has this proper exterior, but like you mentioned, she likes to be adventurous and um, has a super hot consort, like she's with the times. I love that. I don't have a particular one, but yeah, that vibe. Okay, so going off with that theme, I think I will pick a particular one for her. Maybe Vitamin String Quartet's cover of Lana Del Rey's Lust for Life. I don't know if I know that one, but I believe you. Okay. (laughs) Or uh, their cover of... Montero because Montero sounds like Montanaro and I feel like she would dig that because that song is all about like temptation Mm -hmm. very good yeah I dig it okay do you have one for Stacy uh for Stacy (laughs) for Stacy I want it to be a Taylor Swift song and I'm trying to think of one that is not bad but that is kind of like, I don't know. I would have, if I were going to pick a Taylor Swift one for Margaret, which I was going to do, I would pick Lover because mm-hmm. she and Kevin seem genuinely quite fond of each other and still have great chemistry. Fond. In this yes. I, I'm understating it because she's royal and acts very proper, but I feel like they fuck more than Stacey <laughs> and Prince Milktoast does. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, I think earlier Taylor for Stacy, like you belong with me. Yes. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I back that completely. I had been, <laughs> I had been Googling songs about Chicago because they like kept emphasizing over and over that she's from Chicago throughout this movie for reasons unknown because mm-hmm. it doesn't like come into play. And it doesn't really seem to be like part of her personality other than she wears like a sweatshirt. Yep. Um, I think what you picked is better. <laughs> you could also do um, Today Was a Fairy Tale. And then if you were going to give her the benefit of the doubt of giving her something newer, something more mature, mm-hmm. um, maybe State of Grace from okay. Red. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so what was your top fave Fiona outfit? Do you have one? Is it the opening one with the turban? Mm, no, I love the red dress, which wasn't technically Fiona. It was Margaret. Yes, that one is a winner for me. I'm going to see if I can find pictures of the other ones. Do you have any other? Honestly, I'm just still reeling from Stacy Hudgens being in the cat suit and like showing us her acrobatic moves you mean fiona yes sorry fiona hudgens Hudgens. Um, she also had these red thigh high boots at one point mm. and this i think this was in yes she had this like wide shoulder slim sleeve sheath dress with a mini skirt and it's in this jacquard sort of like brocade Mm-hmm. gorgeous and apparently it is um from house of cb it is it has a bustier has boning and it is only 139 pounds so it's realistically like somewhat attainable 
Yeah. Yeah, I do remember those boots. Those were good. I don't know if there's really anything else to say about this film. Where does this one rank of all the movies that we've talked about this oh, December? Geez. Is it worse than Love Hard for you? That, yeah, that's that's really what's, what the question is because it's mm-hmm. clearly single all the way followed by Castle for Christmas. <sighs> Ooh, that is really hard because if you were going to ask me which one I might be tempted to watch a second time, it would be Love Hard because I love Josh. Mm-hmm. But I got so much pleasure out of following this horrible, like, sequence of films that I think it has to be Princess Switch that's on top. Love Hearts at the very bottom. Wow. So my final ranking is Love Heart at number one, Single All the Way, Castle for Christmas, and then The Princess Switch 3 by default because I was not present for it. So it is a forfeit. (laughs) I mean, I'm surprised by how much I did remember about it. Yeah, (laughs) through osmosis. (laughs) This has been an absolute delight of a holiday season. It was so fun to recap these movies with you. And I love that this time we did them one at a time. (laughs) (laughs) So that we could let it breathe, like opening a bottle of wine, because doing three at a time or your original bracket idea from the year from last year um I think I might have lost what little sanity I have managed to cling to heading (laughs) into year fucking three of COVID but yeah I can't even sorry sorry to bring the vibe down (laughs) okay well our next episode is going to be our year in review and and then in January we're gonna take a semi-hiatus by doing a few mini-sodes just talking (laughs) about books and movies and anything else that we have experienced on our own that we want to tell the other one about and then in 2022 we are we have big things planned it's very very exciting very exciting so make sure that you keep up with us on social media we will have all of our links in the show notes and all of those links are also on our website makeoutalreadypod.com until next time air kisses Mwah!